Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, and we want to thank you for joining us today. The DCC Leadership Podcast focuses on current topics and events that are shaping our society, the world of education, and the local church. Today we're continuing in our series of podcasts that we have titled Spending Time with the Text. The topic for this episode actually spans several New Testament texts, which I know Dr. Halen and Mark Worley will incorporate in their discussion. Dr. Mark Halen is the head of DCC's Bible Department, and Mark Worley serves as the Vice President of Institutional Advancement. He and Dr. Halen will be looking at leadership as it pertains to church elders. Both men have served and are currently serving as elders in their respective churches, and I know that you're going to find their wisdom and insight incredibly useful. So let me turn the microphone over to the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, Mr. Mark Worley, and let him kick this episode off. Well, thanks, Scott. I, I, I'm, uh, as you know, I'm really excited about this because I think there's uh, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, background on eldership and uh, a lot of things that we really haven't taken a look at. There's a lot of books on eldership, but they just haven't discussed that. And uh, as Dr. Halen knows, recently I was uh, teaching a guy, some guys on early, early Wednesday mornings, uh, Mordecai Men at Compass, and uh, we've been kind of co-teaching that recently. And <clears throat> we covered some things in in First Peter five, which was really interesting. But uh, so that's kind of what drew this into the forefront. Okay. Uh, but I want to take a look at. Uh, from our biblical expert here, uh, some backgrounds on uh, some of the words used and some of the concepts of uh, elder. So, uh, Dr. Halen, let's let's start with uh, biblical foundation here of uh, some key words that would indicate elders in the Old Testament, New Testament. So, uh, what have you found when you've studied this? Okay. Well, there's there's three main words that are used for this group of leaders. Uh, in the New Testament church that we commonly uh, refer to as elders uh, in, in our context. Uh, the first one is presbuteros, from which we get the, the word Presbyterian, the adjective Presbyterian, which, which in essence means the old ones, the, old, the elders, the older ones. And that Greek word corresponds to a Hebrew word, uh, zakain, which means the old ones, those with the beards, those with the beards. And uh, the elders in the Old Testament world represented the, the family, represented the clan uh, within the tribe. Uh, they were the, the familial leaders. They represented the community. They made decisions for the community, um, and and that role is one that was gained through years of experience. There was the notion that that the older ones had more wisdom and experience, and they also, you know, they also knew Torah. Okay, and so. So you have have that notion of the the elders. Torah would be the first five books. Of yeah, the, Old Testament. The, the the teaching and and later in Old Testament history, uh, the right. rest of you know whatever literature was present at the time. By the time you get, by the time you get to the New Testament era, of course, then the whole Old Testament canon. 
Then you have episkopos, uh, which is uh, you know where we get the word episcopal. You know, Episcopalian Church is run by the episkopos. This is many times translated bishop in the King James. It has the idea of an overseer, one who administrates. Uh, it has connotations of oversight, administration. But I think it's important to realize that the notion of oversight and administration was less on the idea of oversight in terms of running things as much you know, as in like governmental authority. It was more about being a guardian, being a watchman, being a protector. Uh, it is, however, important to note that there is some element of authority and governance. Uh, in the Greek literature, this term episkopos was used uh, for officers who had financial responsibilities within a group. And, and in the New Testament, you can, you can imagine that the elders in the house churches, the elders in the congregations in the various cities had oversight over what financial dealing uh, there were in the ancient church, you know, the disbursement of funds for the poor, things like that. And then the, the term we usually associate, this to me this is somewhat ironic, uh, the term we usually associate with, with elders is the poimain, the shepherd. Uh, and this is often translated in our English church culture as pastor, okay, the pastoral guy, the shepherd. Uh, it's interesting that that noun, poimain, is actually only used one time in terms of uh, church leaders. It's used, it's used multiple times to refer to Jesus, and then the writer, like First Peter, goes on to use Jesus as a figure for how episkopoi and presbyteroi are supposed to operate. Mm -hmm. Uh, more frequent is the verb form, uh, poimeno, uh, which, which we see in play. Probably the, the two passages that set the pattern for this most are when Jesus tells Peter in John 21, yeah. tend my sheep. Mm -hmm. And then when Paul has the episcopoi, the presbyteroi, the presbyters and the the overseers of the church of Ephesus are gathered there at Miletus. Uh, he tells them to tend the flock, to shepherd the flock uh, that is under under uh, their care. Uh, so those are some of the uses. And, and, and let me go back to uh, to uh, the idea of the uh, episkopos. Uh, the episkopos, we have an Old Testament root for that, uh, foundation for that, and that's the, the verb pakade, to visit. Uh, that's the way the Septuagint tends to, tr they tend to translate with this episkopos word group. Septuagint is the Old Testament the Greek, translation. The Greek translation of the Old Testament. And they're translating forms of this Hebrew verb pakad, which means to visit. Uh, and 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 this I this verb has the idea of a superior relating to someone under his charge 
to change their circumstances, either for good or for ill. It's kind of interesting. God can visit you, and when God comes to visit, if you're the wicked, that's a bad thing. If you are one of his, that's a good thing. Like uh, God, remem- uh, God remembers Sarah in the birth of Isaac, and, and in previous chapters we're told, you know, God promised he's going to visit. He's going to visit Sarah. And so the idea of visitation can be in order to take care of. And uh, I think that is significant. Uh, and through all of this, especially with because there was this notion of the superior and the inferior, changing the, the circumstances of the inferior, it is significant that the New Testament usage loses a lot of that superior-inferior thing because Christ is the chief shepherd. And the shepherds, the overseers, the elders act on behalf of him. And you mentioned uh, a lot of this came out of our discussion of First Peter 5 in the Mordecai men. It, it is interesting that in that context, as Peter, a fellow elder, is giving charge to the elders and to the younger ones, uh, that he tells both of them to clothe themselves. With, with humility, and the verb that he uses for clothe themselves is a term that's used for a slave who puts on an apron uh, in order to do the work. And so there's an immediate diminution of any notion of lording it over. In fact, he explicitly says not he to says lord. He says that, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that it's not about superior and inferior. It's about leading in order for mutual mutual benefit and, and growth because yeah. we're tending God's flock. Yeah. The, el- the elders don't have a flock. They are taking care of God's flock. Yeah, I think that's it's interesting uh, because in John 13, you know, Jesus sets the example, and it's not one of dominance, uh, dominion. It's one of washing his disciples' feet. In fact, he said, I've set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. Man, there's so much here, Scott. I told you, there's just a bunch here. So uh, in the Old Testament, well, in the New Testament, this is not a new concept for the Jews, this idea of being an elder uh, of a community. In fact, uh, when we were teaching in this 1 Peter 5, uh, I don't know, it just popped into my head because I'm, I'm doing some reading through the Old Testament. And uh, Ezekiel 34, pretty, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. a pretty strong indictment mm-hmm. here about you better take that, uh, that mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I like the term position, but you need to take that role. Function, yeah. That function pretty, pretty carefully. Here's what he says, and, and you can expound on this uh, from the Old Testament. He says um, in Ezekiel 34, he says, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals. But you don't take care of the flock. You've not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered 
because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered all over the mountains and on high, every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one uh, searched for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has become food for the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Wow. That's, uh, and that goes back to the shepherd concept, uh, Dr. Halen. So, yeah. And then he picks up later in verse 10, I will rescue my flock from their mouths. Then in verse 11, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them as a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them so I will look after my sheep I will rescue them from all places I will bring them out from the nations and gather them I will bring them into their own land I will pastor them I will tend them and on on he goes and and this is actually Ezekiel 34 is actually the basis of of Jesus figure of I'm the good shepherd yeah. in John 10. Most people mistakenly think it must be based on Psalm 23. Not really. It's maybe tangentially because Ezekiel probably is influenced by Psalm 23, mm-hmm. but it's really Ezekiel 34, and he's saying, I'm the good shepherd, not the leaders, not the elders of Israel, of the Jews right now. I'm the good shepherd. And, of course, then that extends with the extension of, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Hey, Peter, you, shepherd, tend my sheep. You feed my lambs. And coming through the lineage of David, yeah. David's first role yes. was a shepherd. Yes. Yeah, yeah and, <clears throat> you know, and, and again, in First Peter 5, uh, Peter kind of creates a Greek word mm. there of fellow mm. elders. Mm. And, I, you know, I've thought about writing an article sometime, you know, to my fellow elders, you know, because uh, you I need to do that. <clears throat> well, I think sometimes we just don't get the concept of an elder. And so often when we bring our agendas into if, if I can insert real quick that that was my greatest struggle and you know it as well the couple of times you came to to Moscow to visit yeah was when we were trying to establish a plurality of elders shepherds who were going to watch the flock the first question I got every time we talked about it was who's in charge I said well you all are you're serving Christ and you're serving this by yeah but who's in charge who makes all the decisions and 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 I came to the realization there was nothing in the Russian government under the communist system that was a model for shared leadership it was very hierarchical there was always a, yeah. a head yeah. there was always a president there was always a ruler and so there was nothing that modeled for them really what the new testament concept yeah, is the, the first peter 5 passage models a bit of what else talking about earlier the fellow elder thing that's assumed presbyteros okay uh so so as a fellow old guy a fellow <laughs> elder okay yeah. and, and i do i do want to point out Christ suffering <laughs> who will share in the glory to be revealed notice right there you have the idea of sharing yeah okay yep. then be shepherds there's where you had the verb form be shepherds of god's flock 
that is under your care. your care. You are stewards. Earlier in chapter 4, we talked about being stewards of God's varied graces, God's very varied gifts, uh, and watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. This is a gift. This That's function right. is a gift given to you by God, not pursuing dishonest gain, but here to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you. So again, the idea of a servant within the household uh, who is leading God's flock, but uh, but being examples to the flock. And, and uh, there we have the idea of the example here is a, is a nifty word. It's, it's a, a word from which we get type, T-Y-P-E, uh, from. And if you think about a typewriter, yeah. you know, it may, may take us a while to remember what a typewriter looked like. Uh, but you struck a key, you know, the user struck a key, and then there's a metal rod that had a print image uh, that would then fly up and hit the ribbon, mm-hmm. and then the, the thing that is on the tip of that metal rod is replicated in ink on the paper. And, and one of the things about, that strikes me about this idea of, of an example is, is it's a participatory pattern. Some patterns we have in life don't participate with the thing that is replicated. I think of in grade school, you know, I had the ABCs up above the, the, the chalkboard and you looked at that big letter A and you replicated it on your paper. You looked at the lowercase A and you replicated it on, on the, the paper. But that, that green stripe of letters, white and green stripe of letters up above the chalkboard was not participating in my creation of an A, a B, a C, and a D. Uh, but the typewriter, it participates in the creation of the image. And I think that's part of what's being communicated. Uh, it's a little anachronistic because they didn't have typewriters. They weren't thinking about typewriters when they did. But there is this idea of participatory uh, image making. Yeah, the New American Standard uh, says, uh, d- 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 interprets it as pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see this, uh, the same Greek word is in uh, uh, Paul's writing to Timothy. And he says, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, but set the pattern, the example. And how do you set the example? Well, how does an elder set the example? Uh-huh. In speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. That's what Paul says. That's how you set the example. Yeah. I also think it's, it's significant. That I said there's only one use of poimain in the New Testament to refer to church leaders of the noun. There's verb uses, as we've already demonstrated. But that one noun use is in Ephesians, where Paul gives this list of gifts that God has given yes. the church. You know, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists. And then he has pastor, shepherd, you know, slash shepherd teachers. And there's only a single definite article in front of pastor teacher which means he's combining those those are that's one it's not two separate functions it's one function so the shepherd is a teacher and he teaches as he shepherds right. they go together and i think that's that's significant for how that operates yeah and i think scott wow. you you brought up a good point uh earlier 
you know, why in the independent Christian churches do we have a plurality of elders? Uh, In some churches, they have the one elder, you know, the pastor, and then there's deacons or something like that. Uh, I think the Bible church rightly picked it up uh, from the from the Greek in the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts, you see a plurality of elders, the elders in Ephesus. Mm -hmm. And so why do we have more than one elder? Uh, Well, because it says, uh, you you know, the the establishment of the church, you see, uh, especially in Acts 20, which is really beautiful, beautiful passage. This is the last time that Paul is going to see them. And he, he just says it so beautifully there. You know, what would you say to church leaders if this was going to be the last time that you ever saw them? And that's that's what he's looking at. And so he says he met with the elders of Ephesus and they were really good guys. I mean, he he uh, Paul loved Ephesus. And uh, so, so what does he say? He says, first of all, guard yourself, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that you're following the pattern of the good shepherd, as as Dr. Halen said, you know, he, he says this. He says uh, um, in Acts 20, uh, he says uh, in in verse 25, he says, Now I know that none of you, none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see, you, see me again. Therefore, I dare, declare to you today that that I'm innocent of the blood of any of you. It's pretty, there's a lot to say there. But for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit, listen to this, the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Mm-hmm. Episcopos. Episcopos. Mm-hmm. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Does that sound like it's pretty important? That's huge, man. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Uh, Remember, uh, well, and then he goes on. uh, But man, that's that's pretty intense. A warning. Yeah. I told you, Scott, we, this is going to be a two-parter. Yeah, it it's, is. It's and I think with this foundation, what I'd love to do is in our next episode, then let you two share what that what that practically is supposed to look like in a healthy functioning eldership in a healthy functioning church. Because many of our listeners, and I myself included, have been in churches where uh, those in, in leadership have abused this privilege, this uh, responsibility of taking care of, of the flock. And so thank you both, Dr. Halen, Mark Worley, for for laying this foundation on the eldership. And uh, I know our listeners can't see you two, but uh, when you talked about the Presbyters being those with beards, uh, both Mark Worley and Dr. <laughs> Halen have very full beards. So they, they definitely fit that that quality there. His is white. <laughs> his is whiter than mine. Is so it? he okay. has much more wisdom. I'm very <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode of the DCC Leadership Podcast. If you'd like to re- uh, learn more about Dallas Christian College, you can always check us out at our website, www.dallas.edu. Again, our mission here is to help change the world for Christ one student at a time with an education that is accessible, affordable, and attainable 
through educating and mentoring our students. Thank you for joining us for today, and we hope you'll catch us on our next episode. That'll be a continuation of this discussion on the eldership. Take care, stay safe, and have a great day.